You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. It is out. The Buckos win. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Yo, 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 welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, how you doing this glorious Tuesday morning? Doing well. Um, is this hot down there as it is here for you guys? Are you experiencing this heat wave the whole country is? So I guess what's kind of funny is, yes, looking at the current Pittsburgh weather, it's currently 77 degrees right now in Pittsburgh. That's 7.20 a.m. Right. Um, yeah. I would have to say... I mean, it's usually just always hot this time of the year, and it's the same type of hot. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's nothing like abnormally more warmer here. Gotcha. It's just really hot right now. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's like end of June, beginning of July. I feel like usually it doesn't get like smoldering hot until like August, usually, mm-hmm. you know. But man, it is, it's rough right now. I don't want to go outside unless I'm at the pool. See, you know what's really funny, Jim? It's 77 in Pittsburgh, as mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. It is currently 73 degrees in Jacksonville. Okay. So it's warmer in Pittsburgh than it is in Jacksonville. That is correct. It is 76. And according to this, like the right high now. is 94 in Pittsburgh. The high today in Jacksonville is 87. See? So you're that's, that's a difference. Yeah. That's That's substantial. For sure. Yeah, I didn't realize it was like crazy, crazy warm up there. I was seeing on Twitter, everyone talking about it. So, welcome to my life. But it's not. It's actually hotter than your life. Right. It's worse. <laughs> yeah, like actually, so. it being 87, it's, I mean, honestly, like at 87, that's for this time of the year. That's kind of, I don't want to say cold, but it, it should be in the 90s right mm-hmm. now. Like, I should be sweating when I go outside. So it's really yeah. weird that it's that hot up there, and then it's, per se, this cold down here. I mean, I went, I went to get, like, the mail from my mailbox yesterday, and it just, like, it hit me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Really? I, I, I feel it for the people who are, who, like, work outside. Yeah. That'd be rough. be rough right now. Yeah, for sure. That's like down here, like most of the construction you see is always like the night, this time of the year, because no one wants to work in the day, especially with the humidity down here. Oh, my God. That's got to be rough. Yeah. So I get like, yeah, most most crews work in the night, but I'm sure they you have to there. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. so enough how of about this, them pirates enough of this baseball <laughs> you know what else is hot jim is those pittsburgh pirates 
<laughs> what are they? Winners of six of their last ten? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. That's impressive. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just like no, a normal I mean, that's just normal talk for, you know, some good teams, but we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, six of the last ten. They took three of four against the Indians. The Indians. Cardinals. They took two of three against the Indians. However, they also took three of four against the Cardinals. So three of four good. against the Cardinals. Yeah. No, and it, it was it was a good series. The bats were alive. Pitching was pitching was good. It was an overall good series, kind of all around. Fun to right. watch. Always, always good to beat the uh the 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 divisional teams. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna suck, like I mean everybody's gotta win some games, right? <clears throat> so right. you might as well beat like the Cardinals and the Cubs. Yeah, I'm down for that. If if you're going to lose a hundred games, as you're, <clears throat> you're alluding to, if you're going to lose a hundred games, <clears throat> the sixty-two that you win. Might as well be against the Cardinals and the Cubs, and I'm for yeah. that. Yeah, because they're doing a fine they're doing a fine job losing. Because then they go into Colorado and lose against the Rockies, because that makes sense. So you know you'll get those losses. You know, it's actually crazy. Is after the after the Cardinals series, the in, in the if you looked at the National League standings, the Pirates were closer to the Cardinals than they were to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that just shows how yeah. terrible the Diamondbacks are this year. <laughs> shows a couple of things, yeah. Because Diamondbacks are really bad. The Diamondbacks have not won six <laughs> out of ten, like at any point yeah. this year. No, probably not. Um, they've won, they, have they even won six games? They've won twenty-two games. That's they are twenty-two and fifty-eight. That's that's amazing. They're twelve and twenty-four at home. I mean, again, this goes to the mystique. Like, it's hard yeah. to lose 100 games. It really is. It's hard to do. And the Diamondbacks are showing that. that <laughs> you know, 120 is very possible. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is oh, a my piece gosh. Like, yeah, it's insane. They, uh, the Rockies, who, who, you know, is the next best team, uh, you know, other than the Pirates, they actually have a worse – like, you know how the Diamondbacks went through that, like, how many – consecutive road losses like 18 or something no i think it was in the 20s weren't they at like 22 oh, even crazier the rockies have only won six away games this year but they're, they're also 10 games too. over they're 10 games over 500 at home the rockies is that is that good air 20 25 games under 500 on the road that's a crazy split that really is that's insane. And well, what doesn't make sense about it is like, yeah, you could say, well, that's the course effect, but it's like both teams are playing at course. Like, it's not like the Rockies have this, maybe they have a competitive advantage at course. They've built their team around that. Like they do have a really, I feel like they're outfield. Like they've got a lot of speed in the outfield, which they maybe do. helps them cover some ground that other teams don't have, but that's, in, that is incredible. That split. Well, what I was going to say, to a degree, I mean, the thing is that, like, you can't just look at it this year. I mean, that's so a crazy split for this year. I'm sure it's never been that extreme. Mm. But, I mean, there definitely is, like, that home field advantage. I want to say even, like, look at Brian Reynolds catching center field yesterday. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it could just be he, he's an adequate center fielder, but you almost felt like he didn't think that ball was going as far as it did. But of course, it's in Coors Field. Like there was mm-hmm. that the one catch he made in the outfield where it seemed like he really had to adjust his route. It was like, oh damn, this ball is still going. So maybe there is a little bit of that effect. That you know, of course, like you know, the balls that are used to be in front of you are now behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It. it, it I I, can't, I don't understand why they're so much better. Like they're actually like a really good team at home. They're 20, 26 and sixteen at home. The Rockies. I mean, that's it's one of the best home records in baseball. It is. And I remember like last I looked. What's his face? How did how did I get this? Not not Hermes. Uh Hermain. What oh, God. Who the hell's the other pitcher for them? <laughs> um Marquez? No, not him. Um, come on. Gosh, I don't I don't know my Rockies pitchers. John Gray. I remember Jeez. John Gray. John okay. Gray. Yeah, yeah. Last I checked, I was looking at him too this year, and like his away splits were worse than his home splits. So it doesn't make any sense. No, that's the, exactly that, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe yeah. they've, to your point here, maybe they've learned and adapted how to pitch so well, Coors, that they forgot how to pitch anywhere else. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Weird. Anyways, enough of the Rockies in that sense. The Pirates, back to the Pirates. Let's get to the good Pirates. The three and four Pirates against the Cardinals. That was yeah. exciting to talk about. Yes. Um, I mean, Brian Reynolds was on fire for the series. Um, the whole top three was on. I mean, we talked about it on Thursday. Yeah, really, like, really, the it's series, the top they, three. They were just yeah. mashing. And, and, and that's really all it was. <laughs> the rest of the lineup didn't do too much. <laughs> it's just those three, they – they just kept getting on base. They, they were, they were uh, producing runs. They were scoring, they were driving runs in um, excellent series for those top three. Um, Key Brian Hayes made what the, the I mean, play. that's like, I mean, seriously, okay. I mean, I know people are like, I, I, there's some people who are like, well, it was Yachty running. Well, like, yeah, but like, do you realize what he did? Like can someone I ask, did, like, did that. Can I ask this? Is that really a thing? That's, I mean, it's a thing. If you look on like some of the replies on some of like, like the national accounts who are posting it. Okay. People are like, yeah, but if it was a real, a real person running, he would have been safe. Got you. Okay. I only asked that Which, because I yeah. see a lot of outrage on it, but I don't really see the comments that actually say it. So I was just curious if that's really a thing or if people are like making yeah. it. A thing. Okay. No, it's a thing. I, I've, I've seen quite a few of those comments and it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, but that's also that's all part of the play. Like Yadier Molina is the one who hit the ball. If it was anybody else, maybe Hayes wouldn't have been playing where he was on the field. Like it's it's all a matter of yeah that that's what happened. But yeah, I, I digress. I mean the the dude threw the ball like someone did the like the analytics on it yesterday. Hayes threw the ball 159 feet, basically falling away on his back leg. And delivered a strike. It was it was just an absolutely insane play. 159 feet. I don't know if people realize how far that is. Right. I mean, think like football wise. That's like Patty Mahomes. I mean, that's making ESPN all day long. You know, if that was like Patrick Mahomes 
turning around, flipping and throwing like a strike 30 yards down the field. Yeah. That's what Brian Hayes did in a baseball game (laughs) and got a guy out in the process. Like I get that point too about it, like being yachty, but it's still, it still counts. still happened. You know, like take the base runner out. If there was, I mean, just him doing what he did is amazing. That's what the amazing part is. And then he got the guy out to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was one of the more insane, like you see Manny Machado make plays like that every now and then. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's like kind of the other guy who popped into my head, but I don't think I've ever seen Manny make a play where he was that deep. Like, I feel like he, he, like the ones where he makes where he does, he's, he's doing that. He's a little bit closer that was that. I don't know if I've seen a third baseman get an out throwing the ball from that far away. No, ever before. And and I think actually, the, yeah. Like the add to the mystique to this too is, it was in a game where he was playing against Nolan Arenado. You know, like Nolan Arenado was in the other dugout yeah. watching that. And like you'd bring up Manny, that's a good point too. Like, but I feel Manny makes those type of plays. But Nolan Arenado is just coveted as like the best defender in baseball. I mean, he makes some spectacular plays. He's a very good defender. I'm not taking anything away from him, right? But there's some talk like Cabrera Hayes is coming, you know, and and now they're in the same division, you know. Is I mean, we even talked about it, you know, this this offseason such like his defense. Like, is he still behind Arenado? Is he gonna be close to Arenado? Is he gonna surpass Arenado? And Arenado's in the other dugout and watches, you know, Cabrera Hayes do that. I've never seen Arenado do that. I've seen Cabrera Hayes now do that. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. saying here, I'm not up here. This isn't my stance to say that, you know, Cabrera Hayes is better than Arenado. I'm just saying this, this dude is so legit defensively. It is just, he's a freak. He is a freak, Cabrera Hayes. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I I don't know. I mean, he is 100% in that category, right? That you would put Arenado, you would put Machado in there, right? Like those elite, elite defensive third baseman, Matt right. Chapman. You know, he's he is he's right there with them. Yeah. I, I think that's what it yeah. is. Like that that play almost like seals that deal. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. who's better? You can argue. <laughs> but you, you they're could all argue. there. Yeah. They're all right. I mean, he is there. He is uh-huh. an elite defender at third base. As you as you yeah. tweet out time and time again, Rawlings, get on the plane. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was telling Rawlings to get his nameplates ready. Yeah. For his uh for his trophies. Yep. I don't know if he'll get enough playing time this year to win anything this year, but I mean it's coming. He will win a gold glove, and it, it's it's gonna be sooner rather than later, I think. For sure, for sure, he's winning. He's yeah. going to win multiple gold gloves. Yeah, the way he plays defense, and it is coming close. It absolutely is. I mean, it's like it's all standing in his way is Arenado. I feel, and Arenado is well. If we're going to talk about all star games at all, like Arenado is the Mike Trout. You know, like Arenado just gets into the the gold glove because he is Arenado. But yeah, he's getting up there in age. And, you know, that could start dropping off a bit. So, Hayes, who else is out there that's going to, you know, produce the way Hayes is producing right now defensively? I don't see it. Not in the NL, at least yet. I mean. No. I mean, if you're looking at, like, statistics, right, um, 
like those defensive metrics. The Rockies, um, Josh Fuentes is good, but he doesn't even play there full time. Like it's it's like a backup position, so I don't really think he'd be considered for anything. But yeah, I mean it's it's Hayes and the NL. It's Hayes, Arenado, and Machado. Mm-hmm. It's those it's those three. Um, and Eric Gonzalez is up there too this year. <laughs> That's right. I mean, who he? I mean, you can't argue with that. He's actually he's been an, an excellent defensive third baseman. But yeah, Arenado, Machado, and uh, and Hayes; those are going to be the three main defensive third basemen in the National League, at least for the immediate future. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Arenado's getting up there, so he's going to start falling off a little bit. Um, Machado's still pretty young, so he he's he's got some years on him. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I think it could end up being kind of a Hayes Machado race these next like five years or so. Eh, it's no race. Hayes got this. But yeah, He's so uh, I mean, we could talk about that Hayes defensive play. I feel like all day long. Mm-hmm. That's how beautiful it was. Um, but getting back to like everyone else, I mean, yes, Adam Frazier still hits. Brian Reynolds still hits. Bri- Brian Reynolds, man, like. I mean, we've talked about it time and time again. Like, I feel like all we talk about on this show is like Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds because that's all that there is out there. But like, they give us reasons to do it. Like, they keep proving a point. And here's the thing: so we started the show talking about this team, and I know they're one six out of ten. They're still a bad team. They're close to a hundred loss season pace, right? And they're doing all this with a guy who's like on pace for six WAR and five WAR. I mean, we've talked about Brian Reynolds' WAR per se. I think more than. Adam Frazier, but like Adam Frazier's on a five war pace season. Think about that. And we're talking about Adam Frazier again, too. But like you have a guy who's on pace for six, a guy who's on pace for five, and then you have Cabrian Hayes, who because he doesn't play enough, you know, games this year, but he could be like a five pace war easy guy, you know, five war pace. So like you have these three dudes that are just dominating, and this team's still gonna lose hundred games. Yeah, it's um and I think that's why I'm a little hesitant on like extending this rebuild a little bit longer. Right. Like I think if you're going to have Reynolds producing like this and you're going to have Hayes being the superstar that he is, like you can't, you can't wait until 2023 to do something in my opinion. Like the, the, the trying to be somewhat competitive starts next year. And because I don't think you're going to suck next year. Right. You know, so you might as well try to maybe sneak your way and grab one of those wildcard spots, you know, maybe you try to try to win 85 games. I mean, it's the, the NL central is so terrible right now that (laughs) if I feel like if, if like you just try a little bit during the off season, like you're in a good position. I mean, you look at the Reds. We don't even know what the Reds do half the time, but they do try, right? And and look where they are. Like they're they're right there, looking looking for the NL Central. So, um, and it's not like that's a great team. They've got two guys mashing, right? It's very similar to the Pirates. You know, they have two guys, and and those two guys are basically carrying the offense. And then they've just like scraped together a pitching staff. Their bullpen is complete trash. Yet they're like four games over 500 in the NL Central. So, right. I, I think I think next year is the year where you at least just like you try, you try next year. You go out there and you. I'm not saying you sign like big ticket free agents or anything, but 
you put together a team that can at least be competitive. As okay, so let me ask this because here's a little bit of worry. So, is it more through signing, or are you even making trades? It's through signing. Okay. I don't think there, there's really trades to be made. Maybe maybe Colin Moran, but you know, maybe Colin Moran is your is your first baseman that you decide to roll with. I don't know, but um, well, I, I, I would like absolutely, you... yeah. I mean, I would absolutely at least put make sure you have like competent corner outfielders right i mean how easy is it to find corner outfielders well we talk about that that's why (laughs) it's hard to trade corner outfielders so easy like there's tons of them out there available and we're out there throwing you know negative one war gregory polanco and then Mm -hmm. shuffling kai tom and ben gamble through left field right right like you can find two guys. You can find two starting corner outfielders in the major leagues on the free agent market every single year, and it won't cost you hardly anything. Yeah. Back to your Moran thing about trading him. Like, I feel if you trade him, that not really extending the rebuild, that's probably not going for it either. So, like, I meant for trades is are you looking to even trade like prospect capital to bring in a big leaguer? Yeah, I don't think you're doing that yet. Okay. No, so I just want to make sure because that's I, my that's my yeah. concern. Because of course you mentioned the Reds no. too, and I'm like, but I don't want to do the Reds because they're I get the trying, but it was a lot of dumb moves in my mind. Um to really just spin and get nowhere. Just to be a good team in this bad division, instead of becoming a great team in a great baseball league. Yeah, I mean I think I think like I mean, but if you kind of look at the logic that the Reds have right now, they're like, you know, Joey Votto, how much how much longer do we have Joey Votto, right? So, like, while right. we have him, we may as well try, right? So, that's kind yeah. of what they're doing. And, and it's like now the Pirates are like, okay, we now have these two young guys who are studs in Hayes and Reynolds. We we can't just, like, waste their, their, their years. Like, we only have them for a set amount of time, right? And – the, 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 the longer that you extend this out, the more you're just wasting good years out of them. So I, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board next year, next off season, like actually do something. So maybe we can talk a little about that. Maybe we're diverting here, but this could be good. So I've talked a little in our group about what I want to do. You've talked a little bit about you maybe both can happen it, i i don't know to me this kind of makes sense because let, let's maybe talk the infield for the future okay brian hayes is at third mm-hmm. base that's done we don't know yeah. about first right now we have moran who's passable um middle infield is is a mess for right now however in the future you have mm-hmm. gonzalez you have uh Piguero, you have cruz um there's definitely options coming potentially bay you know uh there, there's options yeah. yes i passed over cole tucker i passed over newman hopefully those aren't the guys because there's definitely better ceilings elsewhere but th- those are also guys that are in the mix i feel like the outfield is where there's definitely struggles like there's brian hayes i'm sorry there's brian reynolds and that's it <laughs> you know like the swagger injury yeah. really dampers that as we talked, you really can't go like I don't think you can have true expectations for him going forward. He just becomes icing on the cake if he pans out. So 
it might just be me. I know he's on my wall, but I would love to see a Stelling Marte reunion to a degree because I feel, for one, Brian Reynolds is an adequate center fielder. He can play there. He's shown that he can play if needed, but he's probably better suited in left. Like in left, he's an asset. You put him in left field, you put Marte in center, you bring him back. Marte's showing like he, he's he's still a dude, you know. He takes care of himself. Having, he takes and, care of his body. Like he's having a really good year. He, I, I feel like yeah. he can age well. Okay. Now, because of the season, I don't know. I think it's going to price out, you know. But like the Pirates are have, have no like contract obligations, right? Like this is as, pretty much as bottom as you can get, especially next year when yeah. Polanco's gone, you know. So it was like, could you offer, could you get Marte here on like a three, four year deal? I I I would love that because that fits the time. Like there's really nothing coming in like the next three to four years. So Marte plugs in and he's there. And it's like, like you said, that gets them competitive, but that can be through their years of like this this window. You know, he he's there. I don't hate it. Um because first off, he's somebody who's going to provide you excellent defense. Um, so so even if, like, the hitting takes a step back, the value's still there, right? I mean, because we I mean, we saw it in his time here. I mean, even even some of his more down offensive years, you know, he was still a three-win player mm-hmm. <laughs> just because just of how good he was defensively. Um, this year, I, I don't know where this walk rate is coming from this year. Dude, but, he has changed so much. Like he is not he, chasing pitches he, at all this year. The Marte we've all learned an, to love slash yeah. hate, like just doesn't yeah. exist. He is an on-base machine right now. He's he's got an OBP of 402. 402. He's walking 13% of the time. That's that's like basically triple his normal. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if that's like a fluke or what. I mean, it, it's only 42 games, so maybe it's just small sample size and we'll even out here at the end. But no, he's having a great year. He is a free agent. I, that's somebody who, yeah, I would be 100% on board with, like if he's willing to do like a three. I mean, he is getting a little older, right? So he'll be 33 next year. But if he's willing to do like a three-year deal, I'm cool with that. Because like you said, the one position where we are a little bit further out is outfield, right? There's not yeah. really anybody there in AAA who who's going to be like an impact talent major leaguer, right? No one in AAA, and there's really no one in Double A. Like you, we could we could talk about maybe Cal Mitchell, um, Kanan Smith, and, and Jigba, right? Those those guys are there in Double A, but they're also they're probably more complementary type guys than they are like starting impact major leaguers, right? You'd have to, in order to find your impact outfield talent in this organization, you got to go down to single A. So we're, we're still a couple of years off there. So yeah, I, Hey, you know what? I was thinking more towards <laughs> like one year deals for, for, for outfielders, but I, I would be okay with, with like a three year deal. Yeah. I mean, if they're willing to do something like that, um, if, if Marte is willing to do something like that, who who knows what what he's looking at getting? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a. I'd be I'd be fine with that. There's a lot of people out here who I think you could maybe just like lock up for a year too. But yeah, I'd be I'd be good. I'd be good with a three year Marte deal if he, if he take it. 
that's that's really the thing too. Like, uh, uh, I'm perfectly okay with one of your deals as well. Like, that would make sense. But part of this is the fact that, like you mentioned, I feel this does need to get sped up a bit. Like you said, twenty twenty two to be competitive. I feel twenty twenty two has to get better by any means. How much better we can debate, but by by twenty twenty three, this team needs to be there and, and ready to go. Again, because of those windows. And I feel like Marte does that. You know, and again, it's the fact that there's nothing down there. If there was maybe something coming up, like like what if Swaggity was still healthy and he's been a dude right now all this year. Maybe Marte doesn't make sense because it's like, well, you have a swagger there, he comes up. You know, maybe now just get like a one year right fielder or something like that to, to hold over. But to me, it's just the fact there is really no solid options coming up in the outfield that you're going to need, in my mind, something in twenty twenty three. So why not get it now? And that way, you're, you know, you are competing. You are getting better now this year. You have that nuclear you're starting to build this nucleus, and and Marte can be there this year, throughout, you know, until hopefully four years from now, right, when his contract is up or whatever. That something's ready to take over or whatnot. So yeah. that's that's the thought of it. You had another thought, I think, potentially. <laughs> Did Andrew you want to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that kind of fits along those same lines, though, like bringing Andrew McCutcheon back to be your starting left fielder for for a couple of years. Because right now, like, who would you rather have right now, Andrew McCutcheon or Ben Gamble and Kai Tom just trotting out there, right? Mm. And McCutcheon, I don't think, is going to be somebody who's going to – I don't think he's going to be super expensive or anything like that um, this this next offseason. He'll, he'll definitely be somebody who's commanding a major league deal, um, maybe even – maybe even like a two-year deal, but kind of on the same along same lines as Marte, right? You know, he's, he's getting up there in age. No one's going to sign him like a four-year deal or anything. Like his, his big deal was this last one with Philadelphia, right? From this point forward, his career is probably one and two-year deals. Um, and, and, and he's another guy who honestly, he would just fit right in. Like he would fit right in with this team. The, the fans would freaking love it right <laughs> i mean right i mean I, I'm, I mean just being honest like mccutcheon coming back there and being your starting left fielder fans would love that right um and he's he's still competent like he's he's having a, he, he started off pretty cold this year but the guy still he gets on base he hits for power you know he that's that's like the time that like when i'm talking about corner outfielders who are like readily available like andrew mccutcheon is is it kind of exactly what i'm talking about like andrew mccutcheon mark mark Hanna, you know t- those types of guys they're they're all going to be free agents next year they're all decent and they're way better than what we have right now i mean you take andrew mccutcheon and he's your leadoff hitter next year I mean, he just he just slots right in there as your leadoff hitter, right? And he probably, I mean, he's making he's making what like sixteen million dollars this year. He's not going to make that next year. Like next year, he's probably more of like a five million dollar type guy, just with kind of the way his production has gone, and of course his age and his age. Yeah, yeah. So I think both. You know, to me. Marte fits more of now and the long-term plans. Um, Kutch, not so much as long-term, but I think both also, like, not only does it make sense for this club to have him on this team, but I think especially Kutch, like, 
Imagine what yeah. this team's you know, fan base, right? Like, is going to be like if Marte or, like you said, a special catch comes back. It, you know, that, there's a little bit of rejuvenation right there. And they're not like, yeah. it's not just, you know, I'm not even looking at this as if, like, oh, I'm a fan of this, you know, let me bring him back. I mean, it makes sense. Like, the Marte one makes sense because there is nothing there and he's a good center fielder. And, and the Kutch one makes sense because there's nothing there and he's a, he's still a good corner outfield that's going to be on the cheap and such. So, um, I think that does two things. Now the thing is, Charrington has no ties to them. You know, it's not like, you know, let me bring mm-hmm. back my boys. Right. But, <laughs> but I like the ideas of both of them, and not just for sentimental reasons, for actual production reasons. I mean, so. you look at it, and you let's say you you bring the, the two in, right? And it's going to cost you. Are a you total saying both at the maybe. same time? Let's bring Jim? both in, right? Jim? Hypothetically. Yes, I love the idea of better. <laughs> hypothetically, you bring both in, right? And you got an outfield now of McCutcheon. Maybe you put McCutcheon in right then at that point, and you have Marte and Reynolds, you know, left and center. Yes, or or Reynolds and Marte. Like that 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 off that outfield. First off, it's an, an incredible upgrade from what you have right now, right? right? And from a cost standpoint, probably not too much different from what you're paying right now. Like the Pirates are paying. Gregory Polanco, $13 million this year. How much are you realistically going to be paying Marte and Kutch next year? Right. So like, it's one of those things where like it, it, it makes, it actually makes sense And it. And, and we're using McCutcheon and Marte as like two examples, but this, this could easily, we could easily say, you know, other people here too, but those are two people who are going to be free agents and they, they would slot in nicely to this team. And, and, and then you start thinking about a lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got Hayes, Reynolds, McCutcheon, Marte, right? And you know Stallings is going to still be there. Moran, maybe you, you know Moran potentially. And then so like there's your top six, and that's like a competent top six in a lineup, right? And then you just right. got to put in two middle infielders, right? It just, it makes sense. And like I said, this team, they, they need to actually try a little bit next year, in my opinion. Like they can't just, they can't just roll over next year and waste another season of Reynolds and Hayes. Can't do it. Yes, I, I, I agree. And like you said, that does make sense. That's competent. And like you said, we're even just with that, where is payroll? Nowhere. Pay, payroll is no different than it is right now. Right. <laughs> So and, and I think too, not that he's making a ton of money, obviously, also, but like we lost Polanco, mm-hmm. and it's like, and then Frazier's gone, so you know that that some millions are spending him. So like the addition, yeah, he's of, making like four, yeah, right. So like the addition of Marte and Kutch, I don't think is going to be much more than Polanco and Frazier. No, and that's like a pretty a competent, like you said, that's a pretty yeah. competent at lineup. I'm not saying it's wild card. It's not wild card, right? But it's confident. Like you can you can roll out there next year with that and say I can watch a game. You know, like fans can come out, not yeah. just because Martin Cutch is there, but fans can come out and say, like, okay, this lineup is pretty good. And Cabrian Hayes is there, so who knows what magic he's gonna produce. And then like on the other end too, on the pitching side, I mean you just potentially hope it's gonna get a little bit better. You you would imagine your hurry is gonna be there. Uh Keller will be there. What form we'll find out. You know, you got JT Brubaker, potentially Max Kranick, we'll talk about here in a second. Um, 
Contreras. We haven't talked about imagine. We haven't like, talked. Yeah, Con- Contreras is going to be up in the majors at some point next year. Yeah, right. I mean, if, if I mean he's he'll be in AAA before the end of this year, so his timeline he'll be in the majors next year. Uh, we still want to talk about Brault. Like Brault is a competent back end major league starter. Um, who knows what Chad Cool is, but he's been looking okay. I mean, we I think we know who Chad Cool is, but we don't because yeah. he's now he's, starting to throw the fastball, the four seamer. <laughs> he'll he'll be here, right? And then you do what you did this year, like you sign a couple guys to kind of fill out the rotation from the free agent wire who aren't expensive. You know, people like Tyler Anderson, oh, and and if like who they should have signed last sneeze. Yeah, no, okay. No, I said yeah, Carlos but like. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I, I was like, well, no one Guys like that. Like, guys like that who were, I mean, a dime a dozen. I mean, if you're looking, you know, starting pitchers who are going to be free agents this offseason, there's a list of like 70 of them, right? Just just pick a couple of them. Um, and yeah, then you roll with that. It, it, you're, you're probably not looking at a bad team, especially in the NL Central. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And those would be good moves. There's still salary. I mean, it's, it's your your payroll's still very cheap in sense. Like you still have room to grow with it. So you could sign two starting pitchers, McCutcheon, Marte, and then maybe like a somewhat competent shortstop, right? Like I don't know, something like Jose Iglesias or something. And see, I'm even and, okay on like kind of punting on that right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, you're right. The, yeah, you the reason that. I'm you okay is also at some point you would expect Cruz to be up next year. Yeah, that makes sense too. So it's like if we have to so, do Newman at the beginning, we have to do Newman at the beginning. Okay, I'm okay with that too. Okay, I think that the the corner outfield spots though, like that needs to be solved. It's just too easy to find corner outfielders. You you I, I, I it's you can't just keep trotting out these people that they are. That's that's an easy easy upgrade. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's your plan for next year. And like, if you do that, your payroll is not 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 going up that high. Because <laughs> again, we're, so we're we just seventy million. We just like shed everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I said yeah. Are you at seventy million then? Like at max? It's not even. 70, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, not even. You, you got to think once Polanco's gone, that takes the team payroll down to like $30 million, $35 million. Add on another $30 million and you're at a $65 million payroll, right? I mean, that's still nothing. Yeah. I, I hear you, man. It could be done. Like, it can be done. Yeah. I don't know what his vision is, Charrington. I'm sure he's got a plan. He's executed very, very well on stuff that he's done so far. But again, my, my biggest concerns and worries is when this team is going to be good and compete again and how long this window is going to be for and, and whatnot. So I think these are potential ways that it can happen. And still, you're not losing any of that prospect capital. They're coming up still. And, you know, in 2023, 2024, that's when you can start making decisions on actual trades and who's who's going to be here, who's not, and, and put a damn good team out there. So, oh, well. Um... So enough about that. Yeah. That's a tangent. We went off and just <laughs> that, that just was a tangent. What, yeah, like just led further and further, further away from yeah. what our show was going to be about. Uh and it's already eight. So right. anything else I guess you really wanted to talk about here as far as the team goes, or we want to get into prospects here. 
Let's talk about Max Kranick. I mean, made oh, his yes. major league debut. Jeez. Um, major league debut, and I believe if I like saw the 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 tweet correctly, first starting pitcher to ever have a perfect start on a, in his major league debut. I think that's right. Ever in major league baseball. Okay. Like, even though he only went five innings, like, he still was perfect. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's never happened before. I've seen so many dates and times and this and that. that <laughs> I forget what they were, like, what they're comparing. Yeah. So, like, I'm yeah. not doubting you at all. I just – I don't know. Um, But I can tell you, even if you are incorrect with that, like, he's – it's stuff he's doing is historical, right? Yeah, like the closest date for anyone that's comparison anything, anything it was like 1913, I think, or something. So like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was excellent. Five innings, he just threw strikes, right? Which was kind of his. his that was the scouting report coming in. The, the guy's going to throw strikes, and he threw strikes, and the Cardinals couldn't hit it. Um, a lot of balls in play. You know, he only had three strikeouts, I think, in that in that time period, but three strikeouts in five innings, no walks, um, but ground balls, fly outs. He was able to, to just get people um, to make weak contact and yeah. Awesome outing for him. Pretty, pretty happy for the guy. He, I wouldn't say he was like a non-prospect. Like he was, he's certainly, he's certainly a prospect. Like there, there he is somewhat interesting, you know, coming up through the system. And then he also, you know, this off season added a lot of velocity worked with, uh, worked with our old buddy, Vic black, which what was he like two two thousand two thousand 2000, I think he was the 2000, it was a 2000 draft pick. I want to say, I think he was right behind Sean Burnett. Um, <laughs> going back in pirates draft history <laughs> but uh yeah worked with with vic black um added some velocity and uh yeah he looked he looked good i mean again you just throw strikes that's that's all you gotta do <laughs> and that's what he did yeah i was i was a little off 2009 draft i was way off actually nine years off that's all well yeah like vic black you know who would have thought like the events he'd be paying like he was traded to the Mets for, uh, oh God, I'm terrible at names as you all already know. Um, the outfield they brought in who got pumped for steroids like 38 times. Marlon Byrd was yeah, he part Marlon of that Bird. trade? Yeah, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. So they traded him Vic for Marlon Byrd, right? Yeah. Big, big upgrade, okay. big, big move, and now he's look what he's doing, Max Krennic. So like, look at the dividends Vic Black has paid off for the Pirates. With really never performing for the Pirates, <laughs> the Neil Huntington draft pick right there. There you go. See, big, big galaxy brain right there. Vic Black was drafted not for his, not for being a good pitcher, yeah. but for what he was going to bring the Pirates in the future. So, uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not as if like he's a non-prospect in the sense. Like I don't think anyone was really booking anything for him in the future. Um, he was an interesting prospect who, let's say, he got more interesting this year. Because of his velocity, and, and again, he, he credits a lot to Vic Black. So, um, again, he was interesting, and now he's even more interesting. And he he goes, how many total um, games he play in double and, and triple A? 
Like it wasn't much at all. He just like flew through. Yeah, it was in seven, majors now. seven games total. Yeah. So, and he comes uh, in the majors and he pitches a perfect five innings. Uh, so it's incredible to see like his ascension to, to the major league club to begin with. And then he mm-hmm. comes out there and does that. Now, with that being said, he was, it was, it was really good to see. It was a shame that it rained. Like I would have liked to see what, what he would have like, kept doing. And then also like not for his sake, I would have loved to see how Shelton would have handled it. I agree too. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was, I was curious to see what he was going to do. Cause his pitch count was still excellent. Like yes. I think he, he, it was still like 50 or something through five. Like he was, he was being extremely efficient because he wasn't button. Yeah. Cause he wasn't throwing, he wasn't striking people out. He wasn't throwing balls. Like he was throwing the ball in the strike zone, getting hitters out quickly. Um, yeah, so it would have been interesting to kind of see how it all progressed. But stupid rain. Yeah, those Cardinals saved by the raindrops. Cardinals used their devil magic, made it rain, which which caused which caused him to come out. So with all this said, now he's optioned to AAA. A lot of uh, lot of like... heat, a lot of talk around nationally, right? Oh my god, yeah. this guy comes up here, pitches a perfect game, and he gets rewarded by the cheap pirates. Send him the triple A service time manipulation, you know, this and that. Enlighten us, Jim. Yeah, I mean it, it seems like it's gonna be a paper move, right? The the pirates have, I think, twenty games in a row without off days, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I think they they just needed another bullpen arm is what they wanted right now, which is which is why they why they optioned him, because Max Cranick can't pitch for the next five games, right? I mean he's he's a starting pitcher. He he needs to recover from that outing, so they send him down. He'll be back. Don't worry, like <laughs> he'll be back. This was more of a of a paper move, I believe, on their part. You will see Max Cranick make another start before the All Star break. Right. I I agree. To, to some degree, some level, something's going to happen. Max Grant will be up there pitching. Because that's the thing, too. Like, he is still with the club. He is in Colorado yeah. right now with the Pirates. He wasn't optioned and sent packing and go to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He's still with the Pirates. So, again, I mean, they, there's talk that they're going to have a six-man rotation. Well, that's Max Cranick. Max Cranick is still with the Pirates. He's in Colorado. So, like, all this stuff matches up that it's not really like he's being optioned and sent to the Indy. It seems as more of it's a paper move, like he's being optioned. So that way they can have more arms right now. And then he'll be back with the club. Not really back. He'll still be with the club that he's with. Just be activated. Yeah. And, and I know there's a rule out there. Like once he's optioned, he can't come up for 15 days, but there is an exception to that rule. If someone gets injured, you can, you can come up quicker than that. And that just happens all the time. So, right. <laughs> Like it's it's actually pretty easy for them to just put like a reliever on the IL and it's like oh somebody got hurt time to call Cranick back up right so yeah we'll see how it goes maybe he makes his next start in Indy just to kind of do that but he he will be back up soon true true uh, the other thing with that is I'm so happy for the kid but like I'm also afraid because it's Pittsburgh and we are like we're already hearing what. About to drop the f bomb, Colin Dunlap. Well, so after today's start, who would you want going forward, Max Cranick or Mitch Keller, and all this? And it's like you know, like, uh, Cranick is gonna have to live up to his first start being 
perfect five games and everyone's like Max Krennic is the, the best guy alive that ever pitched. You know, the pirates are cheap yeah. and dumb that they're going to let he's going to be pitching for a playoff team in three years and, and all this and, and whatever. It's like, I mean, just chill everyone. Like let the kid pitch, let the kid play. He's not Jesus. He's, you know, like the, I'm just mm-hmm. afraid that Pittsburgh meeting and all this is now going to make a thing about Max Krennic. And I don't know. You know what I'm getting. No, I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, we, we we did say that like it's not like he's a non-prospect he he is he he is interesting he was interesting um i believe even when we had tim williams on the show at the beginning of the year he mentioned max Cranick in particular as somebody he was looking forward to um so like it's not like this is a guy who came out of nowhere like we, we've he's been been kind of following him for a bit here but you also have to keep in mind he like if you look at a prospect list he's He's like 38th on, on the team prospect list. Like, yeah, this, this isn't, this isn't an ACE. Like this isn't a future ACE. Max Kranich has the potential where he could develop into like a number five starter. That's probably the ceiling here. Right. Yes. Um, and, and, and I'll, <laughs> what do we talk about? Like last week we we're talking and debating on if Will Crow's a number five starter or not. So like, mm-hmm. we're hoping enters Will Crow territory like in that sense. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. He had an excellent start. Super happy for him. Like that's 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 great. But like, yeah, kind of temper expectations here. He, I mean, he's made the majors, right? Which is a, a feat in and in of itself. Had a great debut, but like, yeah, just kind of remember who it is. <laughs> it's it's not. It, I mean, this guy's this guy's not like a top pitching prospect. You're not picking him over Mitch Keller. No, you're you're not. I mean, you're not. Thank you. Um, <laughs> not even a question. You know, maybe maybe like two years from now, after if, if he's able to show that he is a fifth starter and Keller still hasn't, then yeah, go ahead. But at this point in time, yeah, pump the brakes on a little bit. But it, it was great to see, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of him for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get into prospect talk then, Jim. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? I guess Nick Gonzalez came back. So Nick Gonzalez was out for six weeks um, after he got hit in his hand. Um, came back on Saturday, made his first um, start back um, for Greensboro. Homered on Saturday, homered on Sunday. Yeah. Those are just that's just like the definition of of things you want to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> things you his, want his, to his first at bat, you know, his first at bat in since May 19th, Oppo Taco home run. Good stuff. And then he did the exact same thing the next day. So yeah, Nick Gonzalez is back. And like that's very encouraging. Because with his injury, he came back. Did it feel like he came back sooner than like anticipated as well? Or did well, it just... they said four to this. It was four to six weeks, and it, and it basically was closer to six than four. Okay, then never mind. Yeah, I guess that time just kind of flew by. All right, so he yeah. comes back. Uh, but yeah, like you know, I, I guess some of the questions too was like the power. Like, if is it legit? Is going to transfer over? You know, like is he going to like what type of a hitter is going to be? The average should be there. You know, he has a good hit tool, but what's the power going to be? And 
he's showing the power. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed so far about Nick Gonzalez. I know Bucko Mike's listening probably at some point and is gonna like, oh, he sucks. He's a bust, right? Oh, what's his OPS in the past seven point three games? You know, or some stupid stat like that or whatever. But right. anyways, like Nick Gonzalez has done nothing but so far impress in his professional debut with the Pirates. Um, and again, like those two home runs now just coming like that. This is very intriguing. Um, I'm, I'm liking what I see from Nick Gonzalez. I mean, how can you not? He's he's slugging six seventeen. Um, he's like one sixty five WRC plus. Right. I, I I think he's he's a very advanced hitter. Um, I, I think the plan. If I mean, if if I were running this organization, I think you you know you you let him play maybe a, a another week or two at Greensboro. But like this guy's got a. I think this guy moves fast. Like, I mean, if he's if he's dominating high A and he's a college bat, at some point you just bump him up to double A, and, and so I think that that point's coming soon. Then you're gonna have a little bit. You're gonna start having a log jam now in Altoona. Um, so, so maybe that's what triggers Cruz moving to triple a, or I, I don't know what, what'll happen there, but, um, you know, if you have Gonzalez, Cruz and Bay all in Altoona, then you're kind of shuffling some playing time things there, but they also did mention they were going to try Cruz in a few different spots. So who knows what's going to happen, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how much longer if he keeps this up, I know it's only two games since coming off the IL, but if he keeps sure. hitting, double a pretty soon i like it and so by the way yeah 18 hits so far in the short season but of the 18 hits 11 for extra bases seven doubles four home runs it's good stuff good stuff and this isn't just you know he's in arizona where the air is thin like Mm -hmm. he's doing this (laughs) um i like it i like it uh okay yeah I, I kind of because you look at like Pedro Alvarez was kind of the same advanced college hitter, right? Started in high A. Alvarez played 66 games in high A before moving to double A. So, you know, that's basically two and a half months, three months. So, yeah, after two to three months, if Gonzalez is is raking, go ahead and just bump him up. Um, so speaking of timelines again, too. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I just want to say, like, we're talking timelines and talking, you know, people, like we said, like, middle infield next year, I'm okay with kind of punting on because you're going to expect Cruz to be there. Gonzalez might be shortly after, too. I mean, do you think, do you think Nick Gonzalez could potentially be a midseason call up next year? Um, I think he could. I think he could if you were, if you were like, I think that is pretty aggressive. I, I would expect 2020 three okay that's that would be my expectation but i mean i guess he could like if he just if he makes you call him up that early then i could see it but that's i think that's that's pretty quick okay good deal but i think that's that was kind of pedro's timeline though if we're talking college bats i think pedro let's see pedro was minor leagues in 09 high a 09 Double A oh nine started off in triple A in two thousand ten and then made the majors in June. So that was Pedro's timeline. We'll see. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely possible. I, I mean again, you know, he can struggle and that could change things, mm-hmm. but like if he goes through 
that could be another potential like possibility. Like, so what if you're looking at like Cruz and Gonzalez in the second half of next year? Yeah, then you that that would make me feel a little bit better about rolling with like Tucker, Gonzalez, and Newman at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Part. Yeah, yeah. Also makes you feel good about signing someone like a Kutch and a Marte because you know maybe the first yeah. half you're getting by on things, but like the second half you're that could be a competitive ass team. So let's say that. Let's say you Cruz and Gonzalez are here second half of next year, and you signed Marte and Kutch. How about that lineup? there's a lot of possibilities. Like I said, we're, we are getting ahead of ourselves, but if you want to think almost like best case scenario wise, right? Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's pander a little bit here. Let's think best case. That's a damn, I mean, that could potentially be a damn good lineup. Yeah. Cause I mean, Gonzalez, you have definitely the hit tool. I mean, Cruz might be a little bit shaky, but the power threat that he does bring in such too, like, you know, you got, you have a deep lineup there. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like what the potential could be, yeah. especially yeah. if Marte doing. Oh, I'm back to Marte. Yeah, his. Uh, I just wanted to bring this up here because, but like his swinging strike rate. So he's swinging less in the zone. It seems like he's being way more selective this year. His he averaged 74 percent swinging in the strike, and now it's only 69, and he's chasing only 28 percent of pitches. Where for his career it's thirty five percent, so he seems like he's he's swinging a lot less, but definitely chasing a lot less as well. And like you said, that's leading to him getting on mm-hmm. base. He's still Marte. He's still got power. Still got speed. Anyways, so yeah, like that outfield and now that infield. You know, someone brought up someone brought up something, and I don't think I've heard this mentioned too much. Um. And I know it's more for the throws too, but you know if you're worried about Cruz's defense is short, well, there's nothing that would help that more than having like a Brian Hayes at third. <laughs> Again, I know yeah. that his issue. I think is more with the throwing. Maybe we can fix that. Yeah. Up. But yeah, I think I Brian think covers a lot of lot of ground. Issue. So like, if you're worried about yeah. shortstop defense, he'll help that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, just kind of see what Cruz does. Because, I mean, they keep saying <laughs> he still hasn't played any other positions yet. So who knows what that's going to look like. I mean, as of right now, he's a shortstop. So we're going to treat him like one if that's where he's playing. And, Mama said he's uh, a shortstop. I say he's a shortstop. Yeah, so if that's if that's where he's playing, then he's a shortstop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking at timeline – next next year hopefully we see o'neill cruz i was hoping it was going to be this year they seem to be moving them kind of slowly though yeah i think they pumped the brakes on that for you <laughs> charrington pretty much came right out and said sorry jim it's not happening yeah all right well let's stick there like what about pagaro speaking of home runs and coming back from injuries yeah so pagaro missed some time and I think it kind of maybe took him a little bit of a couple games to get on track get his timing back but that dude has been on fire lately. Um, let me pull up. I, I saw a stat the other day, like how, what he was doing since since a specific date. But yeah, um, it was me. I tweeted out there on Sunday morning. Oh, now was I you? What it is? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean he's he's had a really good June. 
right? So if we just say, if we just take June, um, Piguero in the month of June, uh, da, da, da. Maybe it was a little bit after June, but because his first few days in June wasn't great. But uh, 111 weighted runs created plus in, in June, um, 261, 333, 424. But if we say if we chop it back to what like I did June was 10th. his last 14 games, that's what I put out there. Okay. But since gotcha. then, of course, there's been more games. But yeah. But if we do June 10th, so if June 10th to June 27th, he's now 317, 388, 567 with a 159. One uh, weighted runs created plus. So he's um, he's hitting the ball really well as of late. He had a three-hit game on Saturday with two home runs, which was was great to see. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he is on fire. He had a really good last week, really good last two weeks, basically. Um, but, yeah, his, his, he's bringing his season numbers up a little bit. He... I mean, he looks like he's he's legit. He's 20 years old playing in high A ball, right? So he's super advanced for his age. When we talk about Gonzalez, like him and Gonzalez are on the same same team. Gonzalez is two years older than Piguero. So so you've got Piguero who's producing and and doing quite well at a level where you know you've got you've got two years older first round pick Gonzalez playing at. So right. yeah, very advanced. It's nice to see that there. Um, I mean, they could have, I think they could have been more caught. Like I wouldn't have been surprised to see them put Piguero in Bradenton to start the year, but they, they, um, they're being aggressive with them, which I'm fine with. Um, and then he's, right. he's, he's doing quite well. Yep. And I want to make this too. Like, it's not, I don't want to look as if we're like just cherry picking as well. Because like when you look at his overall season, it's still 122 rated runs created plus. Like he's still having a fantastic overall season. The reason yeah. I think we're looking more to this is the fact that he was injured. Uh, it, it seems as if things just like lingered. You know, he was injured, came back, injured. Like you just never fully there. And right, it seemed as if it took him a few games to get right. So you know, looking at since then, right? Since it seems as if things started to click for him, this is what he's doing. But still, like his his all season, like he started really good. The injury kind of tailed off. And then now he's back healthy and really, really good again. So, uh, again, things that you like to see, all of this. Yeah. The power is what's kind of impressing me. Like, I didn't really know how much power he had. Right. But, but I mean, from the shortstop position, he's got five homers now in 20 games in high A, playing as a 20-year-old. You don't, you don't see 20-year-olds do that often. Um so that yeah, that's that's what I'm most impressed with here, is that is that power that he's showing. I mean, he he's looking like he. I mean, he's looking like like he could be a dynamic offensive shortstop. Because mm-hmm. he's got the speed too. I mean, nine mm-hmm. stolen bases, five home runs this year, in uh, those thirty games. Yeah, he's now he's now cracked most top one hundred prospect lists. So he's got that going for him now. So the offensive side is looking really, really good. Um, speaking of cracking top 100 ones, we haven't even mentioned them really except for once this show. Today is officially Rowan's day. It is. And he did officially crack Baseball America's top 100 list as well for prospects. So the Pirates can just slide another prospect as they lose to Brian Hayes. Uh, Rowan's Contreras. 
slides in there now. He's being recognized. People love him. I mean, it's hard to not notice him. <laughs> um, you know, when when you're 21 and you're just making double A hitters look silly, you're going to get noticed. He, uh, gosh, there, there's just not much else to say about that trade. That I can't believe we're we're now in we're still in June, and we got a top 100 prospect for Jamison Tyone who hasn't pitched in two years, and. And there's that's not even all we got. That. That's not even all we got. We've got we've got other people there too, just like right. sitting right outside the top hundred. Like, but just before you get into that, insane. like we're just in June, and one of those has cracked the top. Look, this wasn't as if like, okay, we got a bunch of like single A guys, and now we're two years later, and someone in AAA is like cracking the top one hundred, like almost instant returns. And I I say too, like it's just June. It could have been May. If there was an actual true like MLB MILB season that started on normal time, you know, like that's part of it as well. Like we're getting instant gratification right here in that trade. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it, it it's looking more and more like a just an absolute just robbery. So Contreras, 45 innings so far, just a two ERA, 64 strikeouts, just nine walks. And we talked I, about like how much longer is he going to be in double A? I don't, I don't know. I think right. It, just going to say we, we kind of mentioned <laughs> yeah. it. I and mean, just he he's proven everything. Every time he has like a, I should say every time, like the one time he had a hiccup, he responded well. You know, like he's showing and proving everything in double A. So you're right. Like when's when's triple A coming for him? I haven't heard them mention anything specific with him so much. Yeah. You know, like no. Cruz. No, but he has had uh, six out of his eight starts have been, you know, one run or less. Half of his starts have been shutout starts. Is, is that all? And 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 the I mean the strikeout to walk numbers are just insane. That's I think that's what the most impressive part is here is he's he's striking tons of batters out and he's not walking people. Right. It's 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 not the I don't want to start like comparisons and stuff, but like it's not the Tyler Glass now effect where mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like his stuff's just so good. He's still walking people. I mean, he's he's good all around. Like he's not walking people, he's striking out and doing so. It's great. I mean, he <laughs> man, I'm just so excited. Like I can't wait. He's at top one hundred now, I think like just by default, but I can't wait till like the true real rankings start coming out and like he's really starting to push up there. Oh, I mean, when next year's like the, when the off-season rankings come out and they like redo the whole thing, he'll be he will be listed up there as like one of the top pitching prospects in, in minors. I, I got to think. So this could come with true validation, not a Colin Dunlap one, but Ronzi Contreras or Quinn Priester. I don't know. I think if I still had to pick one just because of the pedigree, I'd go Priester, but they're both they're both looking pretty good. So with that being said, th- like this is the ascension of Ronzi Contreras right now for this trade. Like Priester is a top 50 yeah. prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. Or if not top 50, top 60. He's just right there on that cusp. Yeah. Ronzi Contreras, man, like there's your argument. There's your comparison. Like he could be in the top 50 prospects, top 60 ranges of next year. Yeah. And now you're looking at Priester and Contreras in that same light. 
Yeah, I mean, I would put them very similar to each other, like very close. And that was all for just one player in the Jameson Tyler trade. Yeah. That's He's got a five year trade. The yeah. I hate, to, I hate to do it to him. I'm not doing it. Like, I don't want to do that to Jameson, right. but like, man, Charrington pulling this hall. Okay. But yeah, Ronzi Contreras, awesome, awesome. There's another pitcher out there doing awesome, awesome. You're going to see him this there's Saturday. There's a few. But yeah, Carmen Majinski on uh, on Saturday for Greensboro. When, when, let me pull up his numbers from this past week. He went six innings, struck out nine, didn't walk anybody, only gave up two hits. He's another one who has looked really good this year. Seven starts, and he's only given up more than one run in one of them. So six of his seven starts, one run or less. Uh, he's now he's got a one seven two ERA in seven starts this year, forty six strikeouts, nine walks, and thirty one innings. So very similar numbers to what you see Contreras have. Um, Majinski's doing it just at a level that's that's one step below um, Contreras and uh, another college college arm. So he's twenty two. I think he is somebody who, you know, again will probably be moved up to Altoona here shortly. Yes. But it's nice to see that it's nice to see that 2020 draft because like they're all they're all pitching well. Jared Jones, you've seen his highlights the past couple of nights, struck out 11 batters in four innings on Sunday uh, for Bradenton. So that's the second round pick, right? Majinski was the the competitive balance pick. Um, we all know what Gonzalez is doing. Then you've got uh, Logan Hoffman. He's been mostly pitching out of the bullpen, but tons of strikeouts. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like they're they're just they're hitting on all these guys. So kind of one thing I want to bring up here. Now I know, like especially looking at top one hundred prospect lists and such right now, this organization at least yet doesn't have like that top pedigree ace type of guy, right? But I do believe one thing we can absolutely say is this: this farm has a lot of intriguing arms. I mean, is that fair to say? That's very fair to say. Yeah. So I, I know, and of course, with this, this draft coming up, you know, we won't go too deep in that yet, but the whole lighter talk or whatever, you know, that there might not be an ace in this organization yet that we know. But there is a lot of guys, and like you said, especially that draft last year. I mean, that like the dividends of that draft is paying already that we're seeing. I mean, instant just success for these guys. Especially as we talked about the let, let let it wasn't an arm though, but Nick Gonzalez. But there is a lot of really really good pitching in this farm, and again, like we didn't even talk so far about like Eddie Yeen, who had what nine strikeouts and six six relief innings. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Yeen was the pitcher of the week last week. So all, all these right. guys who were talking about how how they had excellent weeks. Yeah, Eddie Yeen went out there yesterday and and absolutely dominated um, last week. So. And speaking yeah, of another another guy, Eddie Yeen, right? Alex Stump put out there. He's now throwing like ninety nine miles an hour. He's yeah, added just, velocity to his stuff. Yeah. No, I mean he's he only had one hit, one hit last week. Six innings, struck out nine, no walks. He's another guy. 
that he started off, he started off a little rocky this year. Um, but his last two appearances have been just excellent. We haven't even talked. I mean, that's, you know, your hurry, like I feel just gets like pushed back. Like no one really talks about him too much, yeah. but like, unfortunately for him, but he is so far, like everything tracks that he's healthy. He's, he's back to, I think pirate city throwing. Yeah. He's in Bradenton right now. So hopefully we, see, I mean, I have a feeling, I mean, they're going to be really cautious with them. We may see him again this year. They may just say, you know what, let's just kind of take things easy. That'll be interesting to follow on seeing if he gets back on a mound this year. So, but yeah, he's in, he, he at least is pain-free apparently right now. So that's good. To, good to hear. Yes. Um, one last picture I want to touch on also talk about trades. We haven't talked too much about the uh, Musgrove trade, but Omar Cruz. Also, doing some really good stuff in Altoona. So from the year for him, thirty-four yeah. innings pitched, yeah. forty Ks, fourteen walks, two eight six ERA. Lefty too, um, yeah. But he also just got the promotion to Double A, so he he was the first guy to to move up there, mm-hmm. and had a really good uh, had a really good debut in Double A. Um, Six innings, no earned runs, struck out two, uh, didn't walk anybody. But he, he, he um, ton of strikeouts in, in Greensboro. The strikeouts weren't really there last week in, in his double A debut. But so I don't know if that's just a one start thing, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Um, he is not, he's not really somebody who was on a ton of prospect lists. So, yeah, we'll have to kind of watch him and see what he does because he was kind of just like an extra guy in that trade. I feel like, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's really all I wanted to highlight and wrap up here. Um, anything else on your end? I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. It's already eight thirty, so we got to wrap this up. All right. Well, that being said, then I guess we will see you all on uh, Thursday night again for NSN Live. So we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. See you guys.